propositions sixty to seventy nine of the elements of theology by proclus translated by thomas taylor this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by geoffrey edwards proposition sixty everything which is the cause of a greater number of effects is better than that which is allotted a power of producing a less number and which produces the parts of those things to the wholes of which the other gives subsistence for if the one is the cause of a less but the other of a greater number of effects but the former are parts of the latter that which gives subsistence to a greater number of effects will produce all that the other produces but not vice versa hence the former of these two is more powerful and more comprehensive for as that which proceeds is to that which proceeds so is one productive power to another when assumed with reference to each other for that which is able to effect a greater number of things possesses a greater and more total power but this is nearer to the cause of all things that however which is nearer to this cause is in a greater degree good just as the cause of all is the good itself hence that which is the cause of a greater number of effects is essentially more excellent than that which produces a less number proposition sixty one every power which is impartible is greater but when divided is less for if it is divided it proceeds into multitude and if this be the case it becomes more remote from the one but in consequence of this it is able to affect a less number of things through departing from the one and the unity which contains it and will be imperfect since the good of everything consists in union proposition sixty two every multitude which is nearer to the one is less in quantity than things more remote from it but is greater in power for that which is nearer to is more similar to the one but the one gives subsistence to all things without having any multitude in itself hence that which is more similar to it being the cause of a greater number of effects since the one is the cause of all things has more the form of unity and is more impartable because that is one as therefore that which is less multiplied is more allied to the one so likewise as being allied to the cause of all things it is productive of a greater number of effects hence it is more powerful corollary from these things it is evident that there are more corporeal natures than souls more souls than intellectual natures and more intellects than divine unities and there is the same reasoning in all things proposition 
63. Every thing which is imparticipable gives subsistence to twofold orders of participated natures, one indeed in things which sometimes participate, but the other in things which always and connascently participate. For that which is always participated is more similar to the imparticipable than that which is sometimes participated. Hence, before the imparticipable establishes that which is sometimes, it will establish that which is always participable, and which by being participated differs from that which is posterior to it, but by the always is more allied and more similar to the imparticipable. Nor are there alone things which are sometimes participated, for prior to these are the natures which are always participated, through which these also are bound to imparticipables according to a certain well-ordered progression. Nor are there alone things which are sometimes participated, for these possessing an inextinguishable power, since they are always, are prolific of other things which are sometimes participated and as far as to these the diminution proceeds corollary from hence it is evident that of the unions proceeding from the one and which illuminate beings some are always but others sometimes participated intellectual participations likewise are in a similar manner twofold as also are the animations of souls, and the participations of other forms. For beauty, similitude, permanency, and sameness, being imparticipable, are participated by natures which always participate, and secondarily by those that sometimes participate according to the same order. Proposition 64 Every monad which ranks as a principle gives subsistence to a twofold number, one indeed of self-perfect hypostases, but the other of illuminations which possess their hypostasis in other things. For if progression is according to diminution, through things appropriate to producing causes, perfect natures will proceed from the all-perfect, and through these as media, imperfect natures will proceed in a well-ordered progression, so that some indeed will be self-perfect hypostases, but others will be imperfect, and these latter will become the forms of participants, for, being imperfect, they will be indigent of subjects in their very nature. But, the self-perfect hypostases will produce things which participate of themselves, for, being perfect, they will indeed fill these from themselves, and establish them in themselves. But they will require nothing of inferior natures to their own subsistence. Self-perfect hypostases, therefore, through their separation into multitude, are indeed diminished with respect to their principal monad but through their self-perfect hyparxis 
they are in a certain respect assimilated to it. But imperfect hypostases, in consequence of subsisting in other things, are remote from that which subsists from itself, and through their imperfection are separated from that which perfects all things. Progressions, however, are through similars, as far as to natures which are entirely dissimilar. Every monad, therefore, which ranks as a principle, gives subsistence to a twofold number. Corollary From these things it is evident that of the unities some are self-perfect proceeding from the one, but others are illuminations of unions, and, with respect to intellects, that some of them are self-perfect essences, but others belong to animated natures, being only the images of souls, and thus neither is every union a god, but this is true of a self-perfect unity alone. Nor is every intellectual peculiarity an intellect, but an essential peculiarity alone is entitled to this appellation. Nor is every illumination of soul a soul, but there are also images of souls. Proposition 65 Every thing which has any subsistence whatever either subsists according to cause, so as to have the form of a principle, or according to hyparxis, or according to participation, after the manner of an image. For either that which is produced is seen in that which produces, as pre-existing in cause, because every cause antecedently comprehends in itself the thing caused, being that primarily which the thing caused is secondarily, or that which produces is seen in that which is produced. For the latter, participating of the former, exhibits in itself secondarily that which the producing cause is primarily. Or each thing is beheld in its own order, and is neither seen in the cause nor in the effect for the cause subsists more excellently than that which exists out of the cause, but that which is in the effect is less excellent than that which exists out of the cause, but is not in anything else. It is, however, necessary there should be that which after this manner is. But everything subsists according to hyparxis in its own order. Proposition 66. All beings with reference to each other are either wholes, or parts, or the same, or different. For either some of them comprehend, but the rest are comprehended, or they neither comprehend, nor are comprehended, and they either suffer something which is the same, as participating of one thing, or they are separated from each other but if they comprehend they will be wholes and if they are comprehended parts if also many things participate of one thing they are the same according to this one but if they are alone many things so far as they are many they will be different from each other 
Proposition 67. Every wholeness, olites, is either prior to parts, or consists of parts, or is in a part. For the form of each thing is either surveyed in its cause, and we call that which subsists in its cause a whole prior to parts, or it is seen in the parts which participate of it, and this in a twofold respect. For it is either seen in all the parts together, and this is a whole consisting of parts, any part of which being absent diminishes the whole, or it is seen in each of the parts, so that the part also becomes according to participation a whole, which makes the part to be a whole partially. The whole, therefore, which is according to hyparxis, consists of parts. But the whole, which is prior to parts, is according to cause. And the whole, which is in a part, is according to participation. For this also, according to an ultimate diminution, is a whole, so far as it imitates the whole, which consists of parts, when it is not any casual part, but is capable of being assimilated to the whole, of which the parts also are wholes. Proposition 68. Every whole which is in a part is a part of that whole which consists of parts. For, if it is a part, it is a part of a certain whole, and it is either a part of the whole which it contains, according to which it is said to be a whole in a part. But thus it will be a part of itself, the part will be equal to the whole, and each will be the same. Or it is a part of a certain other whole, and if of some other, it is either the only part of that, and thus again it will in no respect differ from the whole, being one part of one thing, or it is a part in conjunction with another part. For of every whole the parts are more than one, and that will be a whole from many parts of which it consists. And thus the whole which is in a part is a part of the whole which consists of parts. Proposition 69. Every whole which consists of parts participates of the wholeness which is prior to parts. For if it consists of parts, the whole is passive. Id est, the whole participates of another whole. For the parts becoming one are passive to a whole on account of their union, and the whole subsists in parts which are not wholes. But the imparticipable subsists prior to everything which is participated. The imparticipable wholeness, therefore, subsists prior to that which is participated. Hence there is a certain form of wholeness prior to the whole which consists of parts, which is not passive to a whole, but is wholeness itself, and from which the wholeness consisting of parts is derived. For the whole, indeed, which consists of parts, subsists in many places, and in many things, in various ways. 
it is however necessary that there should be a monad essentially of all totalities for neither is each of these wholes genuine since it is indigent of parts that are not wholes of which it consists nor is the whole which is in a certain thing capable of being the cause of wholeness to all other things hence that which is the cause to all wholes of their being wholes is prior to parts for if this also consisted of parts it would be a certain whole and not simply whole and again this would be from another whole and so on to infinity or it will subsist on account of that which is primarily a whole and which is not a whole from parts but is a wholeness proposition seventy everything which is more total among principal causes illuminates participants prior to partial natures and when these fail still continues to impart its illuminations for it begins its energy upon secondary natures prior to that which is posterior to it and is present in conjunction with the presence of it when likewise that which is posterior to it no longer energizes it is still present and that which is more causal continues to energize and this not only in different subjects but likewise in each of the natures that sometimes participate thus it is necessary for instance that being should be first generated afterwards animal and afterwards man and man indeed is not if the rational power is absent but there is still animal breathing and sentient and again life-feeling being remains for though a thing does not live yet it has existence and there is a similar reasoning in all things the cause however of this is that the more causal nature being more efficacious energizes on the thing caused prior to that which is less causal for the thing caused participates first of that which is more powerful and that which is secondary again energizing that which is more powerful energizes with it because everything which the secondary nature produces that which is more causal produces likewise in conjunction with it when the former also fails the latter is still present for the communication of the more powerful cause operating in a greater degree leaves that which participates it posterior to the energy of the less powerful cause for through the communication of the secondary nature it corroborates its own illumination proposition seventy one all things which among principal causes possess a more total and higher order in their effects according to the illuminations proceeding from them become in a certain respect subjects to the communications of more partial causes and the illuminations indeed from higher causes receive the progressions from secondary causes but the latter are established in the former and thus some participations precede others 
and some representations extend after others, beginning from on high to the same subject, more total causes having a prior energy, but such as are more partial, supplying their participants with their communications, posterior to the energies of more total causes. For if more causal natures energize prior to such as are secondary on account of exuberance of power, and are present with those that have a more imperfect aptitude, and illuminate them also, but things more subordinate, and which are second in order, are supplied from such as are more causal, it is evident that the illuminations of superior natures antecedently comprehend that which participates of both these, and give stability to the communications of things subordinate. But these illuminations of superior causes employ the resemblances of subordinate natures as foundations, and operate on that which participates of them the superior causes themselves having a prior energy. Proposition 72. All things which in their participants have the relation of a subject proceed from more perfect and total causes. For the causes of a greater number of effects are more powerful and total and are nearer to the one than the causes of fewer effects but the natures which give subsistence to such things as are antecedently the subjects of others are among causes the sources of a greater number of effects corollary from hence it is evident why matter which derives its subsistence from the one is of itself destitute of form and why body though it participates of being is of itself without the participation of soul. For matter, being the subject of all things, proceeds from the cause of all. But body, being the subject of animation, derives its subsistence from that which is more total than soul, and participates after a certain manner of being. Proposition 73. Every whole is at the same time a certain being and participates of being, but not every being is a whole. For either being and whole are the same, or the one is prior, but the other posterior. If, however, a part, so far as it is a part, is being, for a whole is from parts which have a being, yet it is not of itself also a whole. Being, therefore, and whole are not the same for if this were the case a part would be a non-entity, but if a part was a non-entity the whole would have no existence. For every whole is a whole of parts, either as existing prior to them, and therefore causally containing them in itself, or as subsisting in them. But the part not existing, neither is it possible for the whole to exist. If, however, whole is prior to being, every being will immediately be a whole. Again, therefore, there will not be a part. This, however, is impossible. For if the whole is a whole, being the whole of a part, the part also being a part 
will be the part of the whole. It remains, therefore, that every whole indeed is being, but that not every being is a whole. Corollary From these things it is evident that being, which has a primary subsistence, is beyond wholeness. For the one indeed, videreliket, being, is present with a greater number of things, since to be is present with parts so far as they are parts. But the other, videreliket, wholeness, is present with a less number of things. For that which is the cause of a greater number of effects is more excellent, but the cause of a less number is of a subordinate nature, as has been demonstrated. Proposition 74 Every form is a certain whole, for it consists of many things, each of which gives completion to the form, but not every whole is a form. For a particular thing is a whole, and also an individual. So far it is an individual, but neither of them is a form. For every whole consists of parts, but form is that which may be divided into individual forms. Whole, therefore, is one thing, and form another, and the one is present with many things, but the other with a few. Hence whole is above the forms of beings. Corollary From these things it is evident that whole has a middle order between being and forms, and hence it follows that being subsists prior to forms and that forms are beings, but that not every being is form. Whence also, in effects, privations are in a certain respect beings, but are no longer forms, and in consequence of the unical power of being, they also receive a certain obscure representation of being. Proposition 75 Every cause which is properly so called is exempt from its effect. For, if it is in the effect, it either gives completion to it, or is in a certain respect indigent of it, in order to its existence, and thus it will be more imperfect than the thing caused. For, being in the effect, it is rather a concause than a cause, and is either a part of that which is generated, or an instrument of the maker. For that which is a part in the thing generated is more imperfect than the whole. The cause also, which is in the effect, is an instrument of generation to the maker, being unable to define of itself the measures of production. Every cause, therefore, which is properly so denominated, if it is more perfect than that which proceeds from it, imparts to its effect the measure of generation and is exempt from instruments and elements, and in short, from everything which is called a concause. Proposition 76. Everything which is generated from an immovable cause has an immutable hypoxis, but everything which is generated from a movable cause has a mutable hypoxis. For if that which makes is entirely immovable, it does not produce from itself that which is secondary through motion, but by its very being. 
if however this be the case it has that which proceeds from it concurrent with its own essence and if this also be the case it will produce as long as it exists but it exists always and therefore it always gives subsistence to that which is posterior to itself hence this is always generated from thence and always is conjoining with the ever according to energy of the cause its own ever according to progression if however the cause is moved that also which is generated from it will be essentially mutable for that which has its being through motion changes its being when its movable cause is changed for if though produced from motion it should itself remain immutable it would be better than its producing cause this however is impossible it will not therefore be immutable hence it will be mutable and will be essentially moved imitating the motion of that which gave it subsistence proposition seventy seven everything which is in capacity proceeds from that which is in energy and that which is in capacity proceeds into energy that also which is in a certain respect in capacity so far as it is in capacity is the offspring of that which is in a certain respect in energy but that which is all things in capacity proceeds from that which is all things in energy for that which is in capacity is not naturally adapted to produce itself into energy because it is imperfect for if being imperfect it should become the cause to itself of perfection and this in energy the cause will be more imperfect than that which is produced by it hence that which is in capacity so far as it is in capacity will not be the cause to itself of a subsistence in energy for on this hypothesis so far as it is imperfect it would be the cause of perfection since everything which is in capacity so far as it is in capacity is imperfect but that which is in energy is perfect hence if that which was in capacity becomes in energy it will have its perfection from something else and this will either be in capacity but thus again the imperfect will be generative of the perfect or it will be an energy and either something else or this which was in capacity will be that which becomes in energy but if something else which is in energy produces operating according to its own peculiarity it will not by being in capacity make that which is in another to be an energy nor will this which is now made to be in energy unless it becomes this so far as it was in capacity it remains therefore that from that which is in energy that which is in capacity must be changed into energy proposition seventy eight every power is either perfect or imperfect for the power which is prolific of energy is perfect for it makes other things to be perfect through its own energies that however which is perfective of other things 
is in a greater degree perfect as being more self-perfect but the power which is indigent of another that pre-exists in energy according to which indigence it is something in capacity is imperfect for it is indigent of the perfection which is in another in order that by participating of it it may become perfect hence such a power as this is of itself imperfect so that the power of that which is in energy is perfect being prolific of energy but the power of that which is in capacity is imperfect and obtains perfection from the power which is in energy proposition seventy nine every thing which is generated is generated from a twofold power for it is requisite that the thing generated should possess aptitude and an imperfect power and that which makes being an energy that which the thing generated is in capacity antecedently comprehends a perfect power for all energy proceeds from inherent power for if that which makes did not possess power how could it energize and produce something else and if that which is generated did not possess power according to aptitude how could it be generated for that which makes or acts makes or acts in that which is able to suffer but not in any casual thing and which is not naturally adapted to suffer from the agent End of proposition seventy nine